Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 105. When I was in high school, I was the the Martin Starr character in Freaks and Geeks. I had these Coke bottle glasses, and I was really tall and very skinny. I was like six feet, 140 pounds, maybe. And I was completely, (laughs) even more than today, socially inept and awkward. I was a Hermione. (laughs) I, you know, I had Jufro and I was and still am a mouth breather and I was a grade grubber. You know, I was the guy who always kissed the teacher's ass, basically. And then I went to college and... You know, the first few weeks of college are very, it's a very unique experience because you don't really know who you are. You don't really know what you are. You had this pretty narrow defined role in high school. And now for the first time, you're in sort of, at least to an extent, a larger world. And maybe you were good at something in high school and then you go to college and you realize you were good only in the context of your little town. And now you're being thrust into competition with people who were all good at that in all of their towns. And a lot of them are better than you are. And it's essentially a crisis of identity. Maybe you're trying to create a new identity. Maybe you want to try a couple identities on. There's all this potential. There's all this, you know, all this hormonal activity. There's all this exploration and novelty But at the same time, you're absolutely terrified that you'll be a social pariah, that you'll be rejected, that basically other people will realize there's something wrong with you and you will be the outcast immediately in this new group without family to fall back on, without your familiar friends to fall back on in this entirely new, novel, strange environment. So anyway, I go to college and I'm tall. I'm 6'1", 6'2" but I'm really skinny. Again, I'm like 140 pounds. And I get picked out of this random line at some event by the people who are on the crew team. And they're like, you're tall, come out for crew. And I said, sure, why not? (laughs) Do you guys ever see the movie Million Dollar Baby? Just a heartbreaker of a film. The character played by Jay Baruchel, I think. He's the guy who's always hanging around the boxing gym And he has absolutely no business being there. And yet they still sort of treat him kindly. That's who I was. (laughs) I was the Jay Baruchel of of the boathouse. The first week they had everyone, recruits and walk-ons, do the same test. I think it was 5,000 meters on the erg, maybe 6,000. And they put up a list and showed how everyone did. And I was number 49 on that list. And in the next month, basically everyone from number 20 through number 50 quit, except for me. So the gap between me and the next person on the team was enormous. And early on, after a very strenuous workout where we did this this piece on the erg, and then we ran for like an hour, And everyone else had finished maybe 10 to 15 minutes earlier. And I'm running over the bridge to get back to the boathouse. And it's pouring rain. And I'm basically dry heaving the whole time. 
and I'm just drenched and cold and miserable. And I get back to the locker room and the freshman coach is like, Matt, what are you doing? Why are you here? You need to quit. And I was very young and very immature, even for my age. And I had this idea that you never should quit anything. Quitters were losers, essentially, and that if you were bad at something, the point was just to keep doing it more and more and more and more. Looking back, this is clearly insane, (laughs) right? Because you can't do everything. And the idea that, let's say, you participate in a soccer scrimmage doesn't mean that you need to start devoting 30 hours a week to becoming a professional soccer player. You have to pick your spots. Something I think this country still gets really wrong is that it tells people to work on the things that they're bad at and try to get better. That's a terrible investment in time and energy and just emotional pain because everyone's good at some things and everyone's bad at some things and we should put our energy into the things that we are good at. We should try to get really good at the things we're good at and things that we're not good at, just let them go. We don't have to be good at everything. But for me, at that stage in my life, I think like a lot of young men, I desperately wanted a challenge and I desperately needed an identity. And crew at some level provided both. And so when my coach said I should quit because I was the worst person by far, I took that as, well, I started crying (laughs) right there in the locker room because I was so angry with myself for being so weak and I was so frustrated with my weakness and I was so adamant that I could not quit, that quitting would make me a failure. And therefore, no matter how bad I was, I had to just keep pounding my head against this wall. So I had this sort of weird combination that I was very socially inept, but I was also the worst person on the team by far. And to give the other guys credit, they treated me pretty humanely. They could have really really destroyed me, but they didn't. And the times when they were, quote, cruel, looking back, is the times that they were being most kind, most helpful. And so one day we're doing sets of burpees, but at the end of each burpee, we jump up into the air. I'm so wet behind the ears. I think it's a good idea every time I jump up into the air to go, wee, wee, And I do this about four times, and one of the other guys finally breaks. And he says, fine, shut the fuck up. And I do. I shut the fuck up. And I was embarrassed because I'm around 20 to 25 people that I am desperate for their approval. But thank God he said that to me. Because if he hadn't said it, I might have kept doing it. There's this very important dynamic in male hierarchies. And a hierarchy evolves anytime you get a bunch of men together trying to do something together, whether it's in a company or it's in a sports team or it's in the military. The men push each other. They josh each other. They they poke at each other. And this is something I did not understand when I was in college. I thought this was them being a bully or being cruel or just sort of being a dick. And it's not. If you are trying to do something with other people, you have to know their mettle. You have to know if you can count on them, especially in any sort of team activity. You need to know if the man in the boat with you 
is competent. If the man in the trench next to you is a coward, if a man on the team with you at a company or in sports is someone who can pull their weight, who will contribute, or is someone who is going to crack under pressure. Here's another story. So we're out on the river rowing, and I catch a crab. What essentially happens is your oar gets stuck, you can't lift it up, and the boat keeps moving, and your oar just pushes you out of the boat. Whoomp! Just this irresistible force at your belly, and you're over the side. And so this happened to me in the river, and I fall out of the boat, and then very quickly there's bump, bump, bump. (laughs) And those are the three other oars on my side of the boat hitting me in the head. Bump, bump, bump. So I get hit in the head three times with three oars as a little reminder of my incompetence. And then I'm free and clear, and the boat's moving on. And it stops, obviously, because my oar's flailing around, and I'm in the water, and they can see that. And the coach has to stop everything, and he's got to turn around in his little jiffy or his skiff or whatever the word is, this little motorized boat, and he has to drag me out of the water because I'm so weak I can't lift myself over the side, and I'm laying in the bottom of the boat, and I'm drenched in this disgustingly dirty water. And he says, Matt, just go back to the boathouse. I'll just drive you back to the boathouse. I'm so embarrassed, but I know if I do that, I'm done. I will never get in that boat again. And so I say, no, take me back to the boat. I need to get back on the horse. And the looks of the other, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-olds in this boat as I come back is just brutal. (laughs) It's just brutal. It's just brutal. And I'm soaking wet on like an October or a November day. And we finish the workout. And again, they're relatively kind considering how easy it would have been just to pile on. That experience is still clearer to me today after 24 years than almost anything that happened in the last year. Anyways, on that note, I will catch you later.